Hi, and welcome back to Beer with Jesus, Denise and Rob. And we are back in the bedroom again. It's still a little too cold to be in the shed. Um, I'm having coffee tonight, nothing spectacular. Oh, I'm going back to Rheingeist Brewing tonight. It's Cave Bear. Cave Bear. I said beer. It's Cave Bear. It's an Imperial IPA coming in at 8.5%. Figured I'd choose it because it's kind of cold out and we should be hibernating. Um, it's solid 4.0. Tastes like a lot of the other stuff. Overpriced for what it is. Oh, but it's still good. So we're back in Titus. We're in Titus chapter 2 tonight. So I might as well just get started with verse 1. You, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. That's like, that's just verse 1. I was like, wow. And Coming it, in strong. Yep, and it just kind of reminds me. Of a, when I was reading that, it's like Matthew 7, 15 through 23. And it's a, a section that, that they call it, Jesus teaches about fruit in people's lives. Jesus says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So, we really need to know the word, and also, not only that, but have a relationship with Jesus and that combination will help you discern from false teachings. What do you think? Yeah. She's checking out the podcast dog. Well, I don't know. I heard um, someone do a um, teaching in one of the groups I'm in about that. Depart from me. I never knew you. And what he was saying, what he got from that was, it's those people who go to church, who donate, do the big donations, do all the gather, you know, the social events and the outreach stuff. And yeah, they may show a love for people, but they have not taken the plunge and accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And it's like they do it as a status symbol or just for show. <sighs> 
I don't know if it's so much that or it's that they just have a control issue. I mean, cause it's, you have to put yourself down to accept God. I mean, you have to. You gotta humble yourself. And some people just aren't willing to do that. Because that, that, that scripture bothered me. It's like, I, I mean, I've done some things for God. I don't want God to say, depart from me. I never knew you. So how do I know I'm not going to hear those words? And from way. That's, that's I think it's got to be the scariest verse in the whole Bible. What's scary is not knowing the clarity mm -hmm. of it. That it could be you. You let people hear you scratch, Nikki. <laughs> we could probably do a whole podcast just on the little. We might later on do parables and stuff. Verse two: Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and in sound sound faith, in love, and endurance. Woo. And I, I look back at, go way back into Genesis for an example. I figure I get some kind of examples of how it was done back in the day prior. And in Genesis 25, verse 23, it says, The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and the two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. And then in Proverbs 20, verses 29, The glory of young men is in their strength. Gray hair, the splendor of the old. And, you know, our... So we trade our strength for gray hair? I'm getting weaker. As I'm a buying a box of hair dye then. I want my strength back. <laughs> See my gray? <laughs> I, I think our well, as our old old generation in the church can be used as guides as as a way of right living with the Lord, you know. Well they got the been there done that t shirt. So Yeah. Is that you got an opinion, Nikki? So for myself, I look at a couple of the older gentlemen at church and and I can see the wisdom that they have gained over the years in regards to a relationship with God, you know, like Kenny and uh what Pappy. I you just look to them and it's like I want to aspire to be similar to them in the way they represent Jesus well is what you're saying. Yes. That's shout out to Pappy and Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> we go on to verses three through five. <coughs> Tickle my throat. Did you want to read this, Nikki Chubb? No. Nah. <laughs> she gets closer to the book as if yeah, she's going a to. Girl. <laughs> Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live. Not to be slanders or addicted to too much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, and to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands. Yeah. 
so that no one will malign the word of God. <laughs> she didn't work, so I have to work. So You're not busy at home either, really. Someone lights a fire in you, and you got your old school 80s, 90s dance music on. <laughs> it's hard to clean. I mean, like, the way I want to with these animals. <laughs> they attack cleaning supplies. Yeah. Rufus attacks the... The broom, the mop, mop. everything. Need to say I can't go outside and mow grass with them. Nope. But... I think these verses 3 through 5, the, the women of the church should set the example of being aligned in the word of God and show how being a Christian can help your, that, that, my tongue's tied, and show how they, being a Christian can help you in your family life, you know, guarding your marriage and, you know, you got, like the older men, for me, you the older women can set the example for the younger women. You got any thoughts since you're a woman? Mm. No. Verses 6 through 8. Similarly, or however you pronounce it, gosh, I suck at reading. <laughs> Encourage the young men to be self-controlled and everything set Set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity and seriousness and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. I think self-control is, is a difficult thing. I think that's... I don't think you taught my son that in his younger... I didn't have self-control. I know. But I think him witnessing your lack of self-control has helped him have it, oddly. Because Dalton does not get too excited about anything. He's just like, okay, well, that's how it's going to roll. Well, game plan. Figure it out. <laughs> well, I mean, it's hard sometimes when, to restrain yourself from things and <coughs> and that... To encourage young men, you know, to be self-controlled, you know, I wish someone would have kind of pushed towards me when I was younger, but I didn't have that. But we as a church congregation and or church leaders should be an example for young men. So, I mean, there are so many broken homes and those kids don't have role models to look up to and... um we should take up that task at showing these men how to be in a relationship with Jesus and how to be a strong man and be a man for Christ. You know, I really, my dad really didn't go to church. He would go to church, but I mean, to take a nap. He would answer his phone <laughs> in the middle of a sermon and have his ringer on. And people just look at him like, uh. So that was the example I got from my dad. But I think us men can do better. I'm surprised my ears aren't larger than they are. Because I was had one of those moms 
when you acted up, she grabbed a hold of your ear and pulled. Or pinched. Oh, she loved to pinch. <laughs> See, my I was different. My mom didn't do all that. She just she was a complete. Oh, you were gonna behave. <laughs> that was it. Up to verse nine. This isn't a very long chapter. It's only fifteen verses, and we're already three quarters of the way through it, or halfway through it. Verse 9 and 10, teach slaves to, to be subject to their masters in everything, to try to please them, not to talk back to them, and not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted, so that in every way they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive. And really all I got from that is we should try, we should treat everyone with respect and dignity, you know. Slavery is not really a thing in this country these well, days. Well, I don't know. We all slave every day for a paycheck. Yeah. In different forms. I mean, no, it's not, you know, the like the book says here, the master. But we do trade our time for money. And it's similar. So we should do our job as if we're doing it for God. Because if you ever talk about God at work, how are they supposed to believe it if you're stealing from work? Or, you know, you're back talking the boss. Cussing someone out. You know, you're not setting the example. So why would they want the God you serve if that's how you act? Yeah, you gotta... If you have Christ in you, should be different. You know, it's not a... You're, we've said it before, you know, just the... Having Christ in you should change you and your actions should reflect. But, you know, you're not saved by your works. You're saved by your faith, but your works should reflect your relationship with Christ. So we're up to verse 11 through 14. For the grace of God has appeared that Offer salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own eager to do what is good. When I was reading this, I thought of Matthew 24, 36 through 51. Jesus says, But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father, as it is, or as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, 
one will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you don't you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have left his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at a proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, My master is staying away a long time. And then he begins to beat his fellow servants and eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. See, we we don't know the day or hour Jesus will be back. So, we should just live as if he's coming back any time and not be in fear we should just live how we should live for Christ and be re- and then you know you're ready you know if you think about how scary that day would be for some people I mean you go to work say your goodbyes in the morning and then Jesus comes back before lunchtime you come home from work your spouse isn't there You try to call them, they're not there. They were taken up in the rapture and you had no... I mean, here you sit and the other person is gone. How scary would that be? So instead of having that worry, we should just live how Christ wants us to live. And then there's no fear. What is that, Joe Dirt? Is this what you want to be doing when Jesus comes back? (laughs) (laughs) That's not a space rock. (laughs) (laughs) That plays in the back of my mind anytime I'm getting ready to do something. Like, is this what you want to be doing when Jesus comes back? Oh, yeah, maybe not. (laughs) Get one of them bracelets, some WWJD bracelets from the 90s. Just remind you, what would Jesus do? Well, it could mean what would his brother James do and his <laughs> comedian Mike. Oh, what, uh, Mike Jr.? Yeah. Well, what would James do? Well, James wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Jude would do it. <laughs> so we're on the last verse. Verse 15, and these then are the things you should teach. Encourage and rebuke with all authority. Do not let anyone despise you. I think we should help each other, you know, in learning correctly and rebuke something when it's not biblical. And... I think it's all about helping each other to learn and develop because, you know, we don't all know the answers, you know, 
I'm still learning daily. I learn something every day when I listen to my different, like the Bible Project podcast. I listen to that, been listening to that every day for the last couple months. And a lot of it's over my head. Some of it, I'm like, wow, I was thinking the same thing as what they were saying. So it doesn't hurt to learn. There's so many different ways and we can help each other. Number one way is just you gotta read the word. Is it your turn for shed talk? I did it last week. I couldn't remember. I... That one was a quick that was a pretty quick run. Be doing Titus three next week. And that will be our technically our one year anniversary of the podcast. Been doing this for a solid year next week. And it's my birthday next week. So we'll be doing this on my birthday. Okay, I got my shed talk from Luke 2344. And as darkness fell for hours when Jesus died. I wonder if the darkness was not God's grief. Um, the loss of a child puts you in a very dark place. Without God, there's no way I could have ever been on the other side of it. The lesson that I got from that is the darkness did not stay. I'm not sure if that's God's way of saying that our grief in this world should last for a certain time and then be done with it. I still grieve over my children, so I, I'm not sure if I even do that right. Um, when the darkness was, when the sun came back after Jesus died on the cross, I like to think of that as God's smile to the world that the reconciliation for sin was complete. It's done. But the point of all that, as I got out of the whole scripture when I was in prayer, was do not let your darkness stay. Or be times that it may come back, your grief may come back, your hurt, your pain. But send it packing, because Jesus overcame. And that's all I got. And see the prayers... Doesn't say who the prayer is from. It's from Hebrews 5, verse 8. He learned obedience from what he suffered. Father God, I'm ready to listen and learn from you. I want to live above the negative talk that occupies my thoughts. I want to grow spiritually and discover you like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. We haven't had an episode this short in a long time. No. no Nate may not make it home. I'll we'll find something else to listen to. <laughs> well, next week we got another short book or chapter. Chapter three. Chapter three. It's not very long. And, oh, it's a whole 15 verses too. So next week might be short as well. But... No, because you'll have shed talk and oh, you yeah. ramble. 
Yeah, I'll figure something out. <laughs> I got to figure something out. So, till next week. We'll see you next week.